0: Welcome to Weird Sisters. I'm Al. And I'm Becca. This is a true crime podcast by two sisters. And while it is true crime, there will be humour and chat throughout it, and we will express our opinions. We'll do our best to be sensitive, given the material, and never intentionally be disrespectful or incorrect about facts. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. Hello. I just wanted to sort of make a bit of announcement before this episode um, because of the time difference of when we record and when we release. Um, I don't know if any of you have noticed um, but episode 17 was sort of unpublished at the moment. Um, That's just so that we can take some more time to look into the facts. Um, It was sort of brought to our attention that some of the facts that we got from the ID documentary may not actually be factually correct um, and also that while we're learning and so new to sort of the podcasting game, um, we may have been a tad, well, a tad. <laughs> yeah, it's easy, quite, to quite be. a bit insensitive yeah. um, with how we were putting across yeah. as well, sort of our views, yeah. which, which is easy to forget that we do have people listening to us. We've just started, but we do have people listening and people do have connections to cases and feelings it's very easy to sort of record in our homes and sort of think that us and our friends and family are the only people that are interested in listening to us prattle Mm. on really Um, as we say in our disclaimer we don't ever intentionally want to cause offense or upset like we're an opinion podcast but that still doesn't mean that it's okay to hurt people if we genuinely have done through insensitivity or sort of not having the full facts of a case yeah and sort of getting um sort of the research wrong which can be hard to do when there's a lot of conflicting information Mm. out there and obviously a well-known documentary that could be not entirely correct as well um Mm. so obviously we just wanted to take that down um so that we can look through it re-record it um and make sure that we're sort of happy with what we're putting out there yeah um so hopefully sort of we'll we'll get to that and you can look forward to a improved revised more factually correct and balanced um episode on that one yeah so so but yeah we just just didn't want to ignore it and thought that it was best to sort of Put, put a notice out before yeah. this podcast episode so yeah explaining and apologizing because we sincerely don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings we so. don't and we um i think we're big enough people that we can take a step back and admit that we are wrong yeah so the yeah the bottom line is it's okay to apologize if somebody says actually that was insensitive it's, yeah you know So, we we do apologise for any sort of offence and upset that that episode caused, um, and we will be looking at sort of re-recording and, yeah, delving into it more thoroughly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. All right. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Welcome back for another week of Weird Sisters. Woo. another weird one where I'm not in control yeah (laughs) um don't know what to do with myself I know yeah (laughs) so yeah I guess we're kind of jumping straight into it really this week we're sort of having to pre-record this one because I'm away doing martial arts competitions and stuff for like a whole week it's just like rude yeah I know (laughs) sorry (laughs) I can't really talk though I've got in a month's time, coming up um, a two-day course at the weekend so that I can teach pole. Yeah, yeah. Teaching stripping for a living. <laughs> it's not that. It's teaching pole fitness. And there is so much physiology and, like, technical shit in it. Yeah. It, yeah, you showed me your booklet of all the stuff you have to learn, and it's all about, like, joints and muscles and yeah. exercises that are good for those muscles. And It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it does look really cool. Not (laughs) just like a pretty blonde. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we'll just kind of jump straight in then today, guys. I think we're following the animal theme as well, aren't we? We are following the animal theme a bit from last week, although kind of sad because this time the animal did do the killing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, today uh, we're going to be focusing on the man who is best known as the grizzly man. Different to the man in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> and he's famous, or depending on your opinion, infamous for being a grizzly bear activist. Why should you be infamous for being a grizzly bear activist? Because some people really don't think he was. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people just think he was an absolute nutter and, yeah, okay. really not helping the bears at all. Fair enough. Yeah, I wanted to look at this because it's a case that I find, like, really fascinating personally and really touching personally as well. You um, <laughs> just sounded really touchy, I'm sorry. <laughs> <like. laughs> Emotionally touching. Um, um, so, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's one that I think... I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah, I recall as being, like, quite a big urban legend from our childhoods. Um, I remember it being sort of very, like, oh, you know, the bear. Because we're doing the the case. I realised I haven't said he's... It's Timothy Treadwell that we're doing the story about. Um, And I remember it being sort of people saying, like, when we were kind of growing up, like, being a big urban legend, like, oh, you know, the bear hunted him down and had, like, a grudge against him. Yeah. That's not really true. Oh. It's not this big, like, he was tracked through the undergrowth by this bear for days and it wanted to kill him. No? No. Oh, because, yeah, that is what I've it, heard. Of. Yeah. It's just, like, the bear whisperer who pissed off one of the bears are then yeah, like, no. resolved to kill him. It really was just, like... Tragic freak accident, really. So, I think I watched a documentary about it uh, years ago that, like, she broke my heart because you had a girlfriend, yeah, Amy Huguenard, yeah, Yeah. and she died as well, yeah. And, yeah, unfortunately, the bear in question also was shot. They always do that, like, Mm. when a shark kills people that are in the sea and they go and hunt the shark down which yeah. just strikes me as a bit unfair because yeah. like, literally you've gone into the shark's home mm, I, it is really sad I can understand if you've got like a bear that kills and eats people saying it's a national park people go hiking here yeah. we can't let that animal be potentially killing and eating yeah. people in a national park Yeah, but yeah it's a bit different with the sea it, with like sharks and things yeah it, it just feels a bit weird when they do yeah, that yeah it is really sad but, um yeah, yeah so. so not not another fan case really this no one. this one i think mean none actually... of them are going to be no. let's be honest but this one i think yeah it really personally affects me actually i find it really Just emotional tragic, tragic case yeah. yeah so yeah here we go um timothy william treadwell or as he was actually named for the first 20 years of his life timothy william dexter really yeah <laughs> Why did he change? Dexter's oh, we get quite to that. Okay. Yeah, think. Dexter's quite a cool. So, yeah, really. no, he was born on the 29th of April, nineteen fifty seven. So he's a year younger than Mum. I was just gonna say, no, Old, year older. Older, Mum's fifty. Yeah, a year older than our Mum. That's mom. crazy. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't realise that he was that, that era. Yeah, like yeah. he was older. He was like in his forties when he died. Oh, I think he's like he had 30s or... yeah, thirties. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He was born in New York.
1: And yuck, he was yuck. born
0: into a loving and like yeah, by all accounts like ordinary family. His parents were called Valentine and Carol. That's amazing. I know. Like you say his ordinary family, but then is his dad? Yeah, who's called Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> it's very like you could imagine it being like some spooky family yeah, or something, or like vampire kind yeah. of like. <laughs> um I love that yeah they were like middle class and Timothy was the third of five siblings so he was like wow. one of five like, like us a yeah middle child as well god Wee. yeah he was basically you yes oh my god this explains a lot this about his like... choices yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes he was look the... at me with my bears pay me attention yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah Timothy was a really active kid um and was always in love with animals yeah um a lot of the information I've taken from for this sort of case is from Among Grizzlies, which is a bear by Timothy, yeah. and Death in the Grizzly Maze by Mike Lipinski, and the Grizzly Man documentary by, um, oh God, I can't remember his name now. Um, it is a German guy <laughs> that I definitely mention his name later on, so we will, we will link tell it. you his name and link it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, it's something Warner. Um, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Um, In his book, Among Grizzlies, Timothy, like, recalls his younger self as a bit mischievous with the heart (laughs) of a wild animal. Cool. And, like, this is the thing. I feel like I can really relate to him. He said that he would daydream as a child, like, constantly imagining that he was like running wild with horses or wolves that is cool yeah and like imagining himself as a tiger stalking through the jungle because wild animals just like represented freedom and innocence in his mind i know it's just like i can i was that kid yeah i was just wanting to be out in nature i daydreamed about and still i mean it really appeals i would daydream genuinely about like i just want to cut myself off from everything and go live in the black forest in a hut. Don't because <laughs> I used to plan to live in the black forest. Really? Yeah, and build myself a shelter out of cut down trees. No way, that was me. No. I cheated <laughs> Did about I just that. steal your daydreams? <laughs> <Yes>, obviously <laughs> And I loved like with the horse riding and stuff like when you went out in the countryside and it just mm. felt so free. Yeah, you're like flying when you're yeah. on them in there like cantering or galloping. Yeah. Like it's like nothing can stop you. Yeah. Oh no, I, always, I always wanted to go live in the forest oh. and cut down trees and be one with huh. nature. And... Well I guess I just kind of piggybacked onto your yeah. dream and <laughs> just was like, like that is... sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, I remember as a kid I would like plan to run away and just yeah. like live in the wilderness. Like I would pack myself a bag and everything <laughs> and I'd be like tonight I'm gonna do it. And then I'd always kind of chicken out. But I genuinely was like at the point of I'm going to wait till everyone's asleep. I've got my bag packed. I'm going to sneak (laughs) out and just go over the fields. That's amazing. Yeah. It points to a lot of trauma and misery in our childhood. They just wanted to get away from everyone. Yeah. I I always wanted a monkey's tail as well. (laughs) I was really disappointed because I told mum and she was just like some people are born with tails and I was just like oh, how come I wasn't and then she broke it to me that even if they are they have them surgically removed oh. and I was just like why did you remove a tail and she was just like well because they don't work they're just like a bit of extra like skin yeah, really like, and I'm just like well that's not a tail then no you like build it up and then yeah, dashed it exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah um, Timothy's mum remembers him as like just really caring kind person Aww. And, like, again, being an animal lover. Yeah. uh, The family had pet cats throughout Timothy's childhood, which he loved. And they also had a pet duck. (laughs) Oh, I love that. But the most unusual creature that Timothy kept was a baby squirrel that he rescued. I always wanted a pet squirrel. Yeah. He uh, rescued it with his brother. They found, like, two baby squirrels in the woods, which they brought home. One didn't make it. But the other one, like, Timothy nursed it and everything and it did survive see we did that with a like hedgehog one yeah. time that was amazing yeah that was really cool um, Timothy called the squirrel Willie
1: <laughs> um,
0: and it grew up and they kept it in their home with them it like lived in their basement so, yeah I know and Timothy would like play with it and it was really bonded to him so apparently it would bite anyone who didn't have blonde hair (laughs) because he had blonde hair (laughs) he's just like no you're not him (laughs) yeah but sadly that fun came to an end when Willie bit a neighbour and they called a wildlife organisation yeah and the wildlife organisation made them release willy back into the woods Why be a cunt like I know. that like don't touch the squirrel if you don't yeah except that it. it may like, bite you who cares if, like okay you got bitten by a squirrel it's not like it's rabid roaming the neighborhood i've been bitten by bats before yeah and i'm fine the abbey gardens in berry um were local to us the squirrels there bite you like they if, never you, if... Let you get close enough yeah if you try and feed them they will but they bite <laughs> so they've never let me get close enough oh oh, oh. Um always used to try and yeah. feed them and they'd run away. Oh <laughs> yeah, they were forced to get like let Willie go. And Timmy uh apparently just like cried and cried I when he was made to let him go. I cannot imagine being that shitty neighbour. Stood there watching this little kid in tears Could having you've to made let that pet... pet squirrel get taken away. Yeah. Like absolute ass. I know. Yeah. Don't like that neighbour. Nope. But yeah, Timmy um, he obviously is the, known as the Grizzly Man, and his love of bears began really young. Uh, His favorite toy was this soft toy teddy bear. Hopefully, he imagined it eating the bloody. Neighbors. I know, yeah. <laughs> he named the teddy Mister Good Bear. That's so cute, such a kids' name as Yeah, well. and he kept the teddy like through his whole life. Aww. Um, he'd take it on expeditions to Alaska as an adult with him. That is so yeah. cute. And um, um, Timmy's mother now has Mr. Goodbear sleeping on her bed. I mean, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, but also just such a nice memory if yeah. you've got to have a memory of them. Yeah. Right. But yeah, really sweet. Comforting at the same time as being devastating. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of like the way I've still got my little toy beaver called that Oliver. That thing's creepy as hell. Hey. <laughs> Like, you don't like chimpanzees and <laughs> mannequins, but you're fine with that demon beaver. It's a cute little soft toy beaver. It's not little, it's like that big. Oh, yeah. Like, two foot almost. It's just like <laughs> demonic. Hey. He's called Oliver after my first love. It <laughs> freaks me out. I never liked that beaver. <laughs> you have a toy um polar bear called Huggles. Uh yeah, I know. I've given that to my eldest Yeah, I remember she brought her round Huggles is not a creepy fucker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. Um Timmy's mum was interviewed by Mike Lipinski, who I said was the author of Death in the Grizzly yeah. Maze. Um and apparently she like Kind of was thinking back about him, sort of from a older perspective, yeah, and thought that he probably had like ADD, like attention deficit oh, disorder, yeah, because he was just like so energetic and like erratic, always on the guy, yeah, and really explosive and just yeah erratic. Um, his attention span was one that was like really hard for people to keep under control. Yeah, so school wasn't like easy for no. him. Um, he wasn't a bad student she said he was like he wasn't an a student he was like a b student but yeah you know he, he did it all right um and he did have dyslexia Aww. but she just said like yeah back in the 60s they things just weren't diagnosed like they are no. now and weren't understood either no. so but within this though carol his mum, doesn't remember him as being a problem child no. um his family, they seem so lovely. His family just, like, really encouraged him to follow his interests. Gave, lovely. Yeah, and they gave him like lo- a lot of freedom. Because so often, like, they're just like, no, you have to go down a specific route, or why are you interested in that? That's a bit of a niche interest. Yeah, and... exactly, yeah. Apparently he loved fireworks. Who doesn't? I'm not, like, crazy about them. Troy doesn't like them because of the noise. Yeah. But, yeah. I think they're pretty... I love that uh, way. <laughs> um, he also had his own boat. Uh, they lived quite near the ocean. Wow! And he had That own, terrifies me. Yeah, he had his own boat where he could go and explore and fish by himself. So, which yeah, I can't imagine now. How, like if I had a child, just being like, yeah, go off, go in, the, go in a boat by yourself, and I like, wouldn't go in a boat in the sea by myself. No, Molly does like paddle like canoeing and stuff, oh, cool. kayaking in yes. the sea. Oh, wow. But that freaks me yeah, out. Yeah, I'd ha- like... I happily do it in like a river, but yeah, not yeah. just in the sea where you can get swept no. out. and. It's like you see people swim in the sea, on our beaches mm. even, and I'm just like, if my feet cannot touch the floor yes. and it's higher than chest height, I am freaking out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, um, Yeah, when Timothy was in sixth grade, so I think that's about... Twelve, Yeah. About 12-ish in America. It'd be, what, 10 to 11? Yeah, 11 to 12? Yeah. Because they're, like, a year old. So our year six is their, like, year or grade five. Oh, okay. So their grade six would be, like, our year seven. Yeah, cool. Yes, he was about 12. Um, his class at school, they trekked four miles to go clean up a lake. Oh, And apparently that kind of stuck with Timmy into yeah. being an adult. Um, as a child, he also like bested some bullies who were killing frogs at a Good local on him. pond. Yeah, that's the thing. This really upset me. How? They like had a bucket of frogs and were like just throwing them in the air. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Like you are doing something wrong as a parent yeah. if you have children that are doing that. That's the thing. That, that is like and Think it's okay? Yeah. Like that is an instant signal to me of like psychopath. Um, um, but like obviously the parents have never bollocked them about that yeah like if that was the girls even like with a bug I'd be like what the fuck do you think you're doing I know yeah we do not do that to other yeah. living things like violent people oh. and children like, That's, yeah. It's horrible Ugh. but yes yeah, he how um can- you know. just how can you yeah but yeah he um attacked them with a plank of wood and like actually chased them off and Good. then he like released all the other frogs I'd be like how do you like it yeah I know <laughs> I wouldn't have probably just attacked them. No. Like, but yeah, so that's just so, yeah, really strong, like, stood up for yeah. things he believed in. Um, and as an adult, he went to Nova Scotia to protect seals from, like, the seal clubbings that happened there as well. So. That's, again, it's, yeah. it's just so cute. Why would you go and club them? I looked into it a bit because I didn't really know much about it. Apparently, no. their clubbings are responsible for the largest marine animal slaughter globally like 97% of the harp seals are killed at pups that are under three months of age that's horrible why do they do yeah. it do they like meat or just for sport I think it's for meat and sport okay. but it's sort of also like to keep population numbers down or something I think but cause there are rules against killing pups but by the yeah. time they're about three months like just three months they've they're like yeah they've shed their fur that visibly distinguishes them from being a pup or an older one. That's horrible. So it's easy to mix up killing them or just be like, you know, no one's going to know. Yeah. Like with the um, fox hunting over here that's now banned, thankfully, but they do, like, when it was initially banned, a lot more prevalent at the time, they do, like, the... Coursing where they'd like, yeah, do scent trails, but they <clears throat> deliberately do it through where there were like foxes mm-hmm. having pups and stuff, yeah, in. so that it can be. Un- oh, what, oh, we what? didn't know we didn't it. mean to get the fox, yeah, we weren't out there looking for one, so and we can't stop the dogs once they've got the scent, yeah, Bastards. yeah. So apparently, um, Timothy he did nearly move from focusing like solely on the grizzlies in later life to supporting the seal activists in Canada, yeah. but. Sadly. I mean, it would have been better if he be. had, but he didn't. Um, Timmy attended Conne- Connecote High School in Bohemia, <laughs> New York. So I looked the school up, and apparently it's a really good school. It's, like, got a really Ooh. broad curriculum. 90% or more of their students go on to higher education. Wow. Yeah. And Timmy was on the swim team, where he was really good. At, yeah. He, like, stood out. Um, But a teammate did remember him as being a bit of a partier. (laughs) Um, He had few real friends, though, because he had a really volatile personality. And he was prone to telling stories that were made up, which does... That links to the ADD. Yeah, and it does sort of follow him through his life. The sort of telling stories and things. Uh, From high school, Timothy moved on to Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Okay. It requires a higher than average GPA from students to get in. So he was pretty clever. I never clever. understand GPAs. No, I don't get it. No. I know that 4.0 is good. Like, really good. Yeah, but I don't I... know what you have no, to do to achieve that. And I that... don't know what is lower than that, but still good. No. <laughs> like... It's like we used to like have A-starred, A, B, C, and <clears throat> so on. Yeah. And that's now changed to nine being the best down to yeah, one. one. Yeah, And I... Again, I don't get, aside no. from knowing that nine and eight are good, I've got no reference for how that links to A, B, C and no. so No, and like, is a 4.0 the best, or is that just, that's really good, but is there like Can a five? Get better? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, all I know is from like, American TV shows, yeah, like Gilmore Girls and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was offered a partial athletic scholarship from the university. Um, so he was yeah really good at his sport yeah um, and he set a diving record for the three meter springboard there apparently what do you do to get a diving record I don't know I tried to look it up to be like is has anyone ever beaten it since what is it but yeah I couldn't find Cause it out because it can't be diving from that height because obviously other people dive from that height yeah so is it so must be... how you enter the water yeah it must be doing like a skill yeah from that board yeah <laughs> um, apparently a yeah, diving from that board was a challenge okay. it was something like his ex coach now retired even admitted to like finding kind of scary to watch so I must be kind well, of really impressive. High one? yeah I think it is quite high but yeah I don't know what he had to do to set the record beyond just jumping off. yeah I mean I know with the diving and stuff you do like the flips and the twists and the turns and stuff yeah. in the air so it must be something to do with that. Yeah. If anyone does diving, please let us know. Explain how you set a diving record. Yeah. Um, and whether it's you get, like, the artistic flips and twirl stuff, and is that different to just diving and entering the water nicely? No, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he also described Timmy as feisty. Oh, wow. Apparently cool. he'd often get into fights with oh, people. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he was... Definitely, a, a firecracker. Yeah, firecracker. I think is the best way to describe yeah. it. Um, and sort of in a very, I feel like, I feel like I, I really like connect with him. Yeah, because I feel like that's kind of like me. I'm very, very emotional, very caring. Yeah. But I also have a really horrible temper and really Especially can when blow it's up something that you believe in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, this tendency for drama, though, came to a head when, on a visit back home, he got drunk and ended up in a car accident. Ooh. He, like, totaled the family car. Don't and drink actually, and drive people. Yeah, he did end up going to jail for that. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good thing, but yeah. Yeah, and I think it's sad. Um, Timmy's parents don't recall his childhood and younger adult years as being, like, tumultuous. Mm. They, they said that he wasn't, like, a problem child. Yeah. But that's really not how Timmy saw it. Um, in his own book he describes himself as binging on beer and Tom Collins after the car crash and began neglecting his studies though it's unclear whether this car accident happened when he was in college or high school because he states in his book that it was high school but he doesn't mention college at all whereas like every outside source places it is While he was in college. So I've chosen to believe the objective accounts. Yeah. Because it's pretty definite he did go to college. Especially if he's sort of binging on stuff like that and sort of not having the healthiest of relationships with alcohol and other stuff. You think that can make stuff blur together as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And yeah, like I said, I'll I'll get onto it a bit more later again, but Timothy does seem to be quite loose with his treatment of the truth. Yeah. Um, He does exaggerate or fabricate some parts of his life um but it's definite that he then left his family in new york to move to california and yeah from his own perspective whether it was as bad as he thinks it was whether it was as good as his family sees it as in his mind his home life he'd fallen apart yeah and this is a direct quote here which just makes me feel really sad for his view of himself He said, abandoning my family was the best gift I could give them. Aww. Yeah, that's really, (laughs) just to feel that way is really sad. Um, Whether it's founded on truth or not, he still felt that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Two years after starting college, he had left the diving team for reasons that aren't shared by his college, which I thought was a bit weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, and ultimately he quit school altogether yeah um, and yeah Carol, his mum just remembers feeling like he was a, just lost and kind of drifting unmoored through life, yeah, um he put on a front, but she could tell he wasn't as happy as he presented himself as um he really wanted it to a life that was out of the ordinary and unique yeah. and again, I can so I'm i, I can relate relate yeah, the idea of being just ordinary and bog standard terrifies me, yeah. I don't want to live an unremarkable life. No. It's just like... Yeah. Um, In Long Beach, California, he stayed for just over half a year with his older sister before moving into his own place. So he obviously still must have had a relationship with his family. Yeah. To be staying with his sister. Yeah. Um, And he worked for a period of several years as a waiter on the RHS Queen Mary. Oh, which is crazy exactly. because that is where my friend Rachel went the first time she met her fiancé Daryl that's really cool they stayed there and like they're really into the 1940s yeah. reenactment so they actually got engaged on the Queen Mary as well that's cool I know so just a Love cool it. little Link. connection Yeah, <laughs> I actually know about the Queen Mary <laughs> um, I've seen <laughs> pictures of it uh, it's very fancy yeah <laughs> um, yeah and it was about this time that he also changed his surname from Dexter to Treadwell. Uh, yeah. And that it's still a family name on his mum's side. Oh. So again pointing to not not having a relationship with them but just it's sort of changing the terms of what Yeah it was maybe in a way. according to his family um, the name change was because he was trying to pursue a career in film and he thought it sounded better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder whether there's some truth in that, it being on his terms yeah. as well. Um, having boundaries, maybe. Um, he never really got anywhere with the career in film. No. But, um, although he did audition for the bartender role on Cheers, which okay. I had never heard of, but I think it's quite big in America. It's really it's, big in yeah, America, but I've never watched it. Yeah, that. it's a sitcom like set in a bar in the yeah. 80s. Um, and he apparently... But the bartender role came in second to Woody Harrelson Ooh, for it. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. But not getting it was like a really big blow to him. Oh, that's it's, so sad. Yeah, especially for someone who was described as like having emotional issues yeah. anyway. It's not the sort of <clears throat> career to try and pursue when, you know, you have to be your so, own self-image yeah. and <laughs> worth and everything is like so linked to a success or... As you say, not having that ordinary life. Yeah. Like every time you get a step back or rejected, yeah. it's so hard. Yeah, you have to be able to separate yourself and not take things personally. Yeah. And I'm not saying I could do that. I definitely couldn't. I <laughs> no. But yeah, but whilst in California, like with yeah, not managing to get the acting gigs and things, it seems like he was on a complete downward spiral. Um, he fabricated his identity a lot. Wow. Um, he had told people that he was a British orphan and would put on like a phony british accent that's quite bizarre yeah he was a very eccentric from the sounds of it um but sometimes he'd also say he was australian and put on an australian accent <laughs> so he didn't have like a he he wasn't like consistent no, either he, um he you never he was consistent with the same people though. yeah i think he was with the <laughs> same people yeah but he never yeah like he never referenced having a living and very loving family in existence See, in America. Sad as well. Yeah. And sort of ties in, to my mind, sort of with the, changing his name, and yeah, mm. he's still connected to the family, but he's very much... Hands d- off, yeah, yeah. distancing himself from He doesn't from feel them. part of yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, it's just... I wonder, this is sort of jumping ahead a bit, but I kind of wonder with the way he does put himself in so much danger, whether yeah. that is sort of almost an aspect of self-harm. Yeah. Like, Not actively seeking out to be hurt, but not preventing disregard for your own safety. Yeah, exactly, is a recognised like form of self harm. Yeah, and like I know with one of my friends who has been suicidal and attempted suicide in the past, she said like when she was feeling that way, it was she really did genuinely feel like, well, I know my family loves me, but they'll get over it. Yeah, like she didn't, she knew it would hurt them, but didn't think it would hurt them. To a great degree. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I wonder whether he did just feel kind of disconnected from yeah. them, not necessarily part of the family anymore. Um, if you're going through a massive sort of downward spiral and sort of uh, on a trajectory of, like, self-destruction. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe. But yeah, he developed his... uh drinking problem further and yeah although he didn't reference his family timothy's mum did say that he did like stay in contact quite regularly she he'd ring them up and stuff yeah. so, so is it it's very sort of distance and, yeah. yeah but yeah he developed his drinking problem further and also seems to become a drug addict Aww. um he says he used cocaine crystal wow, meth and qualudes, which, no idea what that. no is. i had to look up but apparently it's Methaqualone, which is a sedative and like a hypnotic medication. Oh. Yeah, it was sold under the brand names Qualude and Sopor among others. But it was banned in 1985 because of its psychological addictiveness. Ooh. Yeah. So, not great. Those Cocaine, are some crystal really meth. Yeah. Um and potentially he like fell in with drug dealers and ended up in some really dangerous situations where one, like, involved being beaten up by a gang for assaulting one of their members. Jesus. And then being threatened with, like, a gun literally to his head. That sounds so yeah. scary. I say potentially, though, because these details do come from Timothy's own book. And, of course, he's being yeah. quite There's exaggerative. A, yeah, when you read it, there is a slightly, like, sensationalist air to his writing, and it can make it hard to believe something. So is that... Recounting it in such a way because he doesn't want an ordinary life yeah, and making it seem exactly. bigger and more exciting. And- yeah. Um, some sources, like outside sources, dismiss his claims of drug use and alcoholism. Yeah, Stating like when they knew him in California, he was like zany and full of stories, like using the Cockney accent, yeah. <laughs> um, which we know, and telling people he was an orphan, which we know isn't true. That, so these people kind of refute his version of his life. Yeah. But those same people admit that Timothy left town due to some fights and possibly because of drug dealers being after him. So that doesn't really track. No. Um. So I kind of said, like, yeah, there's also corroborating evidence from acquaintances from college that backs up the drug and alcohol abuse. Yeah. So I think it's possible that he just presented very different fronts to different people. Yeah. And that's what I think's most accurate as a scenario. Like from my own mental health difficulties, having autism, etc. I know that my personality and the image that especially in the past I've shown to others can be like day and night. Yeah. Like I can be going through things that other people have no knowledge of whatsoever. Yeah. And sort of sometimes <clears throat> that whole lack of a sense of self means Mm. that you're very different depending on who you're around yeah exactly so I have chosen to treat the essence if not all the details of his recollections of his early life as correct I think probably he was a drug addict and an alcoholic maybe some things have been sensationalised yeah but I don't think that those truths are made up no so yeah um, yeah, I think reading about him and reading his own book, the picture I got of him is just like a really passionate, intelligent and gentle person, but who was also extremely mentally and emotionally unstable. Yeah. And like he kind of felt like he didn't fit in anywhere, but wanted to belong somewhere. Yeah. So Yeah. So the next part, which explains how he left the life of inebriation is one that I believe did happen more or less as he describes it because it does fit with a close acquaintance's recollection. Okay, so he did get sort of clean and. Yeah, he yeah. does. Um, he details in his book that several weeks after the gun incident, he was drunk and looking to self-medicate with cocaine. So, so he, again, that just rings true to someone going yeah, through all exactly. of that. Yeah. Um, He went to the house of two dealers that he knew called Rick and Dennis. Okay. Um, (laughs) They welcomed him at first and plied him with several kinds of cocaine and heroin, which he was unfamiliar with, but he, like, was really happy to accept because he wanted a new, like, thrill, a new buzz, which, again, very ADD. Yeah, and very, sort of, when you're trying to... It sounds to me and, sort of, from like my life and stuff that sort of looking for stuff to numb
1: what Mm -hmm. you've been through yeah and
0: that sounds very much like what he's doing yeah wanting to that escape and that numbingness Mm -hmm. and yeah distance from it definitely yeah um yeah so he accepted the heroin which he wasn't familiar with um but instead of feeling the euphoria that had been promised he began to feel like Awful. Like not just ill. He felt like something was properly like wrong with him. Um, he tried to get help from Rick, the drug dealer, but was brushed off and like actually kind of got shouted at for fucking up Rick's evening. So it's like great, you know, you've given him drugs. Like you can't blame him for, you know, how he reacts. A lot of people do though, don't they? It's just like, for God's sake, it's just... You're bringing the mood down. Yeah, and it's just a bad trip or a bad Yeah, like, get over it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Rick told Timmy to go home and just, like, shut him out of the house. Which is great. Yeah. At this point, he was, like, genuinely like scared for his life, though. Yeah. And he knew that a man who he regarded as a friend, Terry Tabor lived, like, quite nearby. That's an amazing name. I know, Terry Tabor. <laughs> so he managed to drag himself to Terry's house. And he immediately, like, woke his partner up and they, like, drove Timmy to the hospital. Yeah. He was, like, throwing up uh. and everything. Um, but That's od- a friend, that is. <laughs> yeah. But he said also, oddly, he began to feel, like, calmer, though, because the heroin did actually start to take effect. Yeah. And so the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was sort of leveling out into this like euphoria even though he's kind of dying um Ooh. yeah he felt like he was beginning to die was but, he was it like an overdose and a combination yeah. of everything as Ooh, they shit. were driving to the hospital in Terry's van um Terry's partner Chrissy was driving and Terry was actually having to perform CPR on him Holy on the van floor crap. yeah um, just to keep him alive. Oh, my God. I know. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. But he ended up having to be defibrillated at the hospital to be brought back to stable condition. Fuck. Yeah. So, not... It's a good job he went to his mate's house. I know. But that's thing, like, just imagine that guy just shut him out of the house. Yeah. He was like, fuck you. you know? I mean, the guy deals drugs. I don't think he really gets... I guess, his. yeah. That's what happens to people, I to can't be imagine being that callous no. and not caring. Like, even if... This is a problem I have. I'm such a too nice a person, too soft-hearted. <laughs> I can hate somebody, despise them the minute that I see them hurt or upset. Yeah, I like want to help them. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Timmy's life had you know the fun kind of of, being an empath. Yeah, yeah. His life had sort of hit rock bottom, <laughs> really. Yeah, you could say that's one yeah. yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, and he found himself wishing, in some ways, that he had just died. No. because he felt like what did he actually have to contribute to the world that's such a horrible yeah. feeling like, i know no. i think i just so feel for him yeah people often i think a lot of people see him as this idiot who kind of got what he deserved what a twat being with yeah. bears. And... but like i just i see so much like i can so understand yeah like kind of him in a way Like, how he got to the place that he did. Um, And just wanting to do something. Yeah, Yeah, and just needing peace. Yeah, exactly. And needing to feel like he was doing something worthwhile. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's still in the back of his mind, though, despite how he was feeling. Um, He still, like, was kind of remembering the whimsical, like, kid that he was. (laughs) So, yeah, who had, like, dreamt of escaping... The confines of human society. Um, Which is horrible because that's kind of what he did with the drugs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but as he was recovering from hospitalisation, he resolved that he was going to find out how to make this a reality or die trying. And mm. so he kind of did, did sadly. Yeah, he kind of did both. Um, but Terry um, seems to be like his only decent friend. Yeah, He like helped Timmy with that goal. Oh. And he gave him advice and encouragement in like a really objective way which i think is what he needed yeah um he was a vietnam war veteran and so it was very just kind of like cut okay, the shit this, this is m- what you're going to yeah, do then exactly um you yeah. want that let's make it happen yeah And it was this advice that helped him to journey towards becoming the Grizzly Man. That's really cool. Yeah. So many people just like, oh, we'll just make it happen then. Yeah. Okay, but how? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or kind of treat those dreams as, oh, you know, don't be silly. Just get a job. Yeah. 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 Timmy said that he wanted to travel somewhere beautiful and isolated from people, but surrounded by animals. It's like, yes. That sounds amazing. I would love to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of his story, not the eventual end, but the I kind of I envy yeah really I, that might sound strange I don't know to some people I think you probably get yeah, where okay. I'm coming from like I envy that just picking up and just saying fuck it okay I'm, I'm yeah. going and
1: That's yeah
0: that. Um, but yeah so Terry pushed him to decide which animals he'd most want to see and Timmy intimated that as a child, he'd often pretend that he was a grizzly bear. Oh, Yeah, you know. So <laughs> if he so could cool. be around any creature, then bears would be his animal of choice. Yeah. So Terry told him to go to Alaska. And yeah. with those words, Timmy's future life, work, persona, and eventual death were unknowingly determined as his path. Really. Wow. Yeah. It took him nearly a year. I'm sorry, guys. This is a long episode <laughs> to get everything in. Um... It took him nearly a year before he was in a position to head to Alaska. Yeah. Again, so it took effort. That's not that going. long yeah. either. No, not that long, but it took determination. Yeah. Um, eventually, he made the trip in the summer of 1989. He had some savings and a motorbike, and he was 33 by now. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and his first trip required him to ride over 3,000 miles to get to wrangell St. Elias National Park. Um, yes, yeah, see, so 3,000 miles just for that first bit of the trip. I literally would be so bored. I've yeah. driven, like, what, 300 up to Scotland, mm-hmm. and I get so bored. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm just like, are we fucking there yet? The furthest <laughs> I've driven is, like, 450. 500 and yeah. yeah god that's the thing we're driving to Scotland in a week and I'm like oh no 7 hours <laughs> we're leaving at like 3am oh, just to no. get it all done like before traffic and stuff I'd much rather go on the train I like the train I Scotland. do enjoy a train but it's so expensive oh my god it wasn't that bad when we did really? Scotland and back it was like several hundred each it was like think what was it it was like 150 each maybe but then like when you take into account fuel and stuff yeah it wasn't i mean it was like your honeymoon kind of mini honeymoon as well yeah rehearsal honeymoon (laughs) thanks Um, to covid yeah but yeah three thousand miles on a bike as well like that's so physical and you i know this is gonna sound so bad i don't mean you can just not pay attention in a car but you kind of can switch off a little bit more and like put an audiobook on or yeah. like a CD and How would you listen to a podcast or something on a bike? <laughs> I don't that think you can. Awesome. You'd have to have like wireless headphones. Yeah. Or which right? in nineteen eighty nine I don't oh, think but existed. That is <laughs> a very good point. You can just in fact podcast yeah. exist. No. You would too. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. You wouldn't have radios anything, would
1: you? No. <laughs> oh, that would
0: be awful. Yeah. Um yeah, he went to Wrangell-St. Elias National Park near Anchorage. Oh, where did yeah, you pieces know. from? Everything Bastard. matches up, you know. See, guys, we, you know, we make all this work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where Timmy met a bear for the first time. Oh, uh, as he trekked along a riverbank. So, I think I would freak. out. <laughs> Out the first time I saw a bear. It was momentary because the bear actually ran away from him the minute it saw him. Apparently that was equal parts thrilling and disappointing to him. Yeah. He felt really upset mostly that the bear was scared of him. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, apparently he kind of he saw it as a sign of like basically the inhumanity of man and our society's like effects on the bears. That they're so scared of humans. I don't know if I completely agree agree with him like his I think he's a very idealized view I think bears are just naturally scared of stuff Um, (laughs) yeah I don't think they quite grasp the whole like social concept no look how evil people are yeah but I think he's just such an idealist yeah but yeah he was really upset that it was scared of him (laughs) bless him I would be I'd just be like no come back yeah I want to be friends I he then went on to Katmai National Park, which became the base for his exploits for more than a decade. Wow. He went there every year for thirteen years. Aww, yeah! Um, and here he encountered grizzly bears, like properly. Um, on a solo hike to a spot known for bears, he was disappointed by it, total lack of them. He was there for hours in the rain, <laughs> not a bear in sight. That's <laughs> shit. I know. Um, and as he was hiking despondently back to camp which I can imagine because after walking Hadrian's Wall last year and being in the rain and the tramping through the endless countryside it's sore and hungry and tired and in pain I can just imagine how shit he felt right there and you have not seen what you wanted to bloody see and everyone's just like oh there's always birds around there I know where why haven't I seen them he was soaked to the skin and it was like getting dark uh, it was about 11pm. Jesus, that's And late. it was just getting dark, because I guess it's, it's a more northern, so if it's but, in the summer, yeah. it's to stay But that, to over. me, is, like, crazy. Just, like, you're wandering around at, like, 11 at night in bear country. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. And um, yeah, several bears actually crossed his path docilely. Yay! And there were points where he's a bit hippy-dippy. He started good. singing to them. Um... <laughs> I was not (laughs) expecting that. Yeah. There's a lot he often sang to the bears. What sort of songs did he sing? Um, I think he was singing like Thank you bear, thank you bear. Like but I don't know, he'd like sing little ditties that he had kinda made up. But yeah Um, That's like childlike as well. He seems like such a sweet person yeah. like his heart was in the right place no matter anything else Aww. i know he's really cute not what i was expecting no though. he started singing to them and he felt like really elated after this yeah. he was like gonna return to his tent satisfied he's like i've seen some bears yeah and they didn't run away from me um more was in store though <laughs> another bear in the gloom began to make its way up the path towards <gasps> him like really quickly uh quicker than he could back up. Oh. So he actually fell over in the mud. It's a bit scary. Yeah. The bear's head, he remembers, was about as high as his own when he was standing up. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh and he estimated it being about a thousand pounds in weight. Yeah. Uh, and down in the dirt, as it sped towards him, I cannot, like, imagine how terrified I would be. I would just be the I'd end. be like, yeah, I'd this die. is it, the end's coming. <laughs> like, and at least at this time, Timmy did still have, like, a healthy wariness. Like, he curled up into a ball on the g- ground and was, like, frozen in fear. Aww. Um, Yeah. Uh, but after a momentary pause to, like, inspect him, the bear just stepped over him it's belly like actually scraped over his shoulder as it did so and it just like carried on I love that yeah oh my god he this encounter like profoundly affected him yeah and when he returned to California that autumn he like threw himself into saving to go back the following year but unfortunately uh Terry passed away before he returned from his trip yeah that's so heartbreaking so you didn't get to hear how it went. no and even worse, Timmy only found out when he went to Terry's house to tell him about the trip. Hello. Yeah, and he found people like moving his stuff out and That's yeah. But his death did also spur Timmy on to make something of himself and yeah. say so, like he wasn't going to waste that help he had been given. Yeah. So yeah, and sort of do it to honor his memory. Yeah. Um, once Timmy had been to Alaska once, he was hugged. <laughs> um, he returned and tried to like slip unobtrusively into the world of the bears yeah it's Um, like that new addiction though isn't it an mm -hmm. escape for that addictive personality which i can really relate to yeah definitely um he took a camera with him so that he could document stuff yeah and at this time he also took pepper spray Mm -hmm. and was like cautious of too much contact with the bears yeah Uh, He started off his first expedition camping in locations that were quite safe. They were near fishermen and other hunters. Um, His second visit, though, he sought out a harbour that had high concentrations of grizzlies and where he was not only totally alone but a total novice outdoorsman as well. So, so like, he very he's a very... jumped all in. Yeah. And he's I think that's the thing. I kind of, in a weird way, envy that about him. I'm yeah. held back a lot in life by, like, anxiety. I try as hard as I can not to let it hold me back. But I I envy that ability to just say, this scares me, but I want to do it, and I'm just, I'm going doing do it, it, and I'm going to do it as much as I can. Says, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, he didn't even know how to put his tent up. Oh wow. And he discovered when he said that like he tried to put it up and just couldn't and had to like climb into just the tangled mess of no. tent to be like, I'm just gonna have to use it for shelter around me. Oh god. Um, he found that the sleeping bag he'd bought was a child's one, <laughs> so it only reached his like <laughs> chest. So a complete shambles. Yeah. So he said he did spend that first night just like in tears oh i know but it's just pleasant um but he became way more positive like the next day it was like sunny for me i'd just be like well this is not meant to be i know yeah it was really sunny and like bright and he woke up and just like felt better (laughs) um and after a day or two he came across the bears that he had been out there for yeah and again i just find him a really adorable person the first bear he encountered there he named Booble. <laughs> Booble, yeah <laughs> uh, the naming of the bears was something that he continued and other names he used were tabitha okay mr chocolate i like that one. yeah downy oh it was really soft i guess yeah i hadn't realized that yeah that <laughs> makes sense yeah holly Mickey, okay. Windy, <laughs> Warren, <laughs> Hulk, <laughs> Hefty. Okay. I'm guessing they were a chubby one. Yeah. Beacon, Comet. Okay. Alvin. So okay. I guess like the chipmunks. Yeah. Pete. Uh, Scruffy. <laughs> Zar, which I think is a cool name. Yeah. L- Garth. <laughs> okay. Lulu, and she had a son called Cupcake. Of oh, course. Cool. <laughs> like, tar. Cracker. And he also befriended a fox who he named Timmy. Oh, Yeah. I like how he's got, like, some normal names I in know. there. With then some just completely <laughs> yeah. made up ones. <laughs> I know. He's so, like, no, no. You're a Tabitha, but you, you're a Mr. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so cute. I, uh, <laughs> they're proper, like, yeah. I think it's really clear that he didn't just have a scientific interest in the grizzlies, but he did kind of view them as, like, pets or these like wild pets. Um he was like obviously I think really emotionally felt emotionally close to them. I don't know that he was emotionally close to them on their end. No, but on his end he was Yeah and he like you can just tell from those names he like doted on them like a pet owner. (laughs) Um but yeah equally I don't think this is an indicator of him being daft and viewing them as these like cuddly fuzzy wuzzies like no. a lot of people act like he did well what are you going to do if you're out there with them and you're documenting them and like living mm. with them and stuff you got to have names for yeah, them They've they're going to have personalities yeah I think he was definitely continually aware of the dangers that they pose to a person's safety yeah and although some people claim that he believed himself invincible i don't think that's true no um in his footage uh because over the years he progressed from a camera to a video camera and he recorded like hours of footage of himself like i think it was over like a 100 hours of footage yeah of himself with the bears, he makes like regular references to how wary a human should be of them, yeah, and how you have to not let your guard down. If you appear weak, they will kill you, yeah. Um, and he even refers to the possibility of himself being killed if he were to make a mistake, yeah. Um, Timothy like loved the bears, and I think he thought that he understood them on a greater level than other bear scientists or park wardens did. And believed that he knew how to handle them and interact with them. So, in those senses, I think he was really misguided. But on uh, no account, through everything I've read and seen, if, did I do I think he regarded them as safe? And it's like that <clears throat> he knows that they're not, but the sort of peace that he gets himself in mm. being with them is, like, worth the risk yeah, to him. Exactly. He knows that it's not safe and that he may get hurt, but... Mm that's better than not sort of being there and being with them. Yeah. Like, as he said, he's had really self-destructive behaviour before. He feels like it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing that happened if he wasn't around. Yeah, exactly. He's not stupid in thinking that might not be the case, but he's yeah. just doing what he loves while he can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, I think it is that self-destructive, almost yeah. kind of flirting with the void Yeah, kind of thing. Like, in an interview, I think he said once that, like, he would regard it as the highest honor to end up as bear shit. Yeah. So it's that kind of, almost that attraction of these are dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and sort of yeah, like, almost that exhilaration it <clears throat> gives you knowing that mm-hmm. they are, and perhaps that exhilaration of thinking they are so dangerous, and I am still alive. Yeah. Like I, I, cause I think, I think you can build up a bond with a wild animal Yeah, I don't think that that's an impossibility like people act I think it's perfectly possible for them to become accustomed to your presence and yeah. I think it's foolish to believe that they wouldn't ever, ever hurt, hurt you, you that they would have affection for you in the way that humans have that capacity Yeah, but I think, I mean what were dogs but wolves at one point exactly. that we domesticated I'm not saying that it's sensible or clever what he did but I also don't think that it's preposterous to claim that the bears tolerated him either. No and I think <clears throat> as you say he doesn't want that ordinary life he's mm. got all these sort of not feeling like he belongs and struggling mm. with stuff before and that's you can see the attraction yeah, to it. definitely and, and the bears don't ask anything of him. Yeah. I think that's such an attraction if you don't feel like you fit into human society i don't always feel i fit into conventional society and part of that i think is why i am so close to animals they don't they don't judge you or require anything of you i mean i know it's on a different scale and stuff but like horse riding and being around horses they can easily hurt you you're Mm -hmm. controlling this giant animal just with your relationship to it and the power and freedom that that gives you by doing that I can imagine it being very similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Yeah, but on a much greater scale which would just make it even more addictive and exhilarating yeah exactly Um, and yeah like Timmy in his book states that in the early days of his first excursions he had described himself as having wilderness paranoia And that he was terrified because of how alone he was out there surrounded by bears. Yeah, But, yeah, I think that as his trips were successful for so long and nothing happened to him for so long, I do think he became, like, desensitized and complacent. Yeah. um, Because he believed that the bears did accept him. Uh, I'm not saying that at any point he behaved sensibly or safely himself around the grizzlies. Like, not even from the beginning. Though, as I have just said, he did start off more cautiously. Um, but, yeah, his uh, disregard for the danger led to a lot of backlash from the scientific and wildlife community. Yeah. Not least because of the dangers that it put him in, but because it was endangering others and the bears themselves. Yeah. Because, obviously, yeah, if a bear becomes habituated to humans and loses that innate fear of them it endangers people and that then leads to the bear being, the bear being killed yeah. um because if a bear's harassing people searching for food in their camps then ultimately that is probably going to lead to someone getting hurt by the bear so yeah they do get shot and killed by park officials sadly that's a whole other moral issue yeah. with saying that we're going into their environment but that is the reality, sadly, whichever way you feel yeah. about it. <clears throat> and it kind of indicates that he's also doing it f- so much for him as opposed to necessarily for the Yeah, bears. exactly. Yeah. Um, he would, in the off seasons when he wasn't camping in Alaska, like travel around schools um, for a benefactor who sponsored him called Roland Dixon. Okay. And um, he'd do talks for the children and like try to promote an understanding of bears. So he was like a massive hit. He could engage the children like amazingly <laughs> because he did have a really high energy personality. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he was often doing like five talks a day. Whoa. I know, yeah. Um, and Dixon said that he was like amazing at it. But at times he would get overexcited and give out like false or conflicting information. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And his behaviour with the bears definitely wasn't a good role model. No. <laughs> so... You don't really want to be encouraging children to pursue that. No. Um, he started out in his excursions by keeping his food, like, high up in bear-safe containers. He yeah. He carried bear spray. Again, the whole, like, don't let them know that humans are a food yeah, source. And... exactly. But he began to neglect these important safety rules. Ooh. At one point in 1998, park rangers in Katmai... Investigated his camp, and they found he had an ice box of food in his tent, rather than in bear-safe containers stored like away from the living area. Uh, He had food just covered over in front of his tent. Oh dear. Yeah, and a portable generator nearby, which wasn't allowed at all under park rules. So (laughs) (laughs) fuck. Yeah, (laughs) they weren't happy with him. They're just like, um, there's a few things here that we may need to talk to you about. (laughs) Yeah. And not long into the yearly pilgrimages to Cat Katmai, pi- <laughs> <Cat my>. um, <laughs> <laughs> um he stopped carrying bear spray at all, and he also refused to lo- to use an electric fence around his tent, and even went so far as to like berate some researchers who were doing so, because. <laughs> He said that their electric fences would hurt the noses of the animals. I know. <laughs> <Like>, oh. <laughs> so, like, again, he's just. He seems like a really soft person. Just but, really childlike in a lot yeah, of ways. And, and just very naive. Yeah. And yeah, I think it came out in a crusade to help the bears, but in a way that didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's the thing, he also seems like a man who is in conflict in his beliefs at times. He's like caught between self-preservation and the ideation of the grizzly bears. Yeah. Um, There was a point where he approached Katmai Park Rangers for help with getting an electric fence to work that he'd got round his tent that he couldn't get somehow the current to go through. And he did, on an early trip, use bear spray on a bear which charged him and wouldn't back down. And he actually wrote at the time that he did the right thing to protect the bear from its lack of caution around humans. Yeah. So it's very conflicting. Mm. Um, I think the person he was for his own safety and the person he portrayed to the media and perhaps wanted to be or wished he could be mm. right, in conflict, Yeah. I do wonder how much of his seeming foolishness in disregarding safety features publicly was bravado. And an attempt to be seen as a mythical, like, bear whispering wild spirit. Do you think as well, like, with his personality and that, that mm. <clears throat> when he first saw the bears, obviously there's that thrill and the excitement and how, sort of that, I'm trying to think of the word, that spark of addiction and how mm-hmm. dangerous it is. Yeah. And then he gets more comfortable with them and so he has to up it again so it's that same sort of thrill yeah. and same sort of level of danger and admiration yeah maybe like oh this time now I'm out here with no protection and, Yeah, because yeah. obviously <clears> as <throat> he's getting more comfortable it may be losing that sort of feeling that's for him that's true yeah because I sort of thought maybe he wasn't as firm in his belief that the bears wouldn't or couldn't ever harm him but yeah, yeah. that makes sense as well that yeah. sort of the, he starts off very safe Well, in inverted commas, very safe. And then, yeah, he has to progress it it to still still be the same level of just like, as you say, like nervousness, excitement, and adrenaline rush. Yeah, definitely. Because I think, yeah, saying maybe he wasn't as definitely certain that they wouldn't hurt him, yeah, maybe not also the explanation. (laughs) Because in he was, yeah. In total disregard of the safety rules of the park and safety rules of outdoorsmanship, yeah. and the comfort of the bears, yeah. Timothy would like venture close to the bears, like way closer than was advised or acceptable. Yeah, uh, the footage Timothy was constantly shooting showed, like, numerous instances of him approaching bears within, like, a few feet, touching them, stroking their noses, again, singing to them, (laughs) and sitting, talking to the camera, like, with his back to bears that were, like, less than 20 feet away. So, I don't know if bears are, like, lions, where it's like, don't turn your back on them, they'll stalk you. I don't know. But still, not the best idea. No. And also, again, like, there's that conflict between him saying he wants to help the animals and his actions totally going against that yeah. he uh completely habituated the fox timmy and like others to his presence yeah. like his films show the foxes like literally sat on the top of his tent or like running beside him yeah at one point <laughs> one steals his hat and runs into their den with it whilst timmy like chases them like And shouts at them. (laughs) So, So, yeah, not sort of worried about his presence at all. No. Like, he literally did treat the fox like a pet. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, he strokes them and everything, yeah. So, Timmy was regarded as, like, completely out of control uh, by scientists, researchers, park officials. And the superintendent for Katmai National Park, Deb Liggett. Was worried about the irresponsible like messages his behaviour was yeah. giving out. So, bear biologist Tim, sorry not Tim, Tom Smith states that all Timothy was doing in his opinion was harassing the bears and making them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this definitely does seem to be kind of true, even if he didn't
1: intend, intend it. it. Yeah.
0: Like Katmai Park once had someone write to them in '98 to complain that they'd seen him literally straddling a sleeping bear for a photo,
1: oh. like, which is
0: not great. No. Not sensible. Not great for the bear. No. Right? Yeah. And the ways that he did approach the bears and interact with them does seem quite likely to have been, I think, at least confusing for the bears. Yeah. Um, in Grizzly Man, there's footage of him directly by bears hunting for food. And they're like, you can see they're kind of like eyeing him to see if he's a threat. Doing here, yeah, yeah, like, are you going to take my food? Um, and yeah, that does directly conflict with what he claimed to be doing. Or, yeah. in my opinion, thought he was doing. I yeah. think he did believe that He believed it. that he was, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, think, I think he did genuinely believe that the bears had accepted him and that they needed him. Yeah. He claimed that his presence in Katmai was really important. Um, he had a fundraising organisation that he set up called Grizzly People, uh, where he claimed that he was on constant guard uh, against poachers. Um, okay. This was something that he brought up in detail when he was interviewed on the Tom Snyder show in 98. Uh, it's the a talk show where Tom Snyder interviewed famous people. And Timmy stated that his biggest job was protecting the bears and claimed that he'd once stepped between a bear, that the one he'd named Tabitha, <laughs> and men with, like, machine guns and rifles. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. On the Snyder show, he also stated that grizzlies were going to be delisted in Yellowstone, which would make them, like, okay to hunt, which caused public outrage, but that was totally false. Yeah. There was never a plan for that. But stories about poaching were like the main stay of the image that he put out to the public uh, and talked about this in like every talk show and interview. Yeah. And this work that he claimed he was doing to stop poaching attracted the admiration and support of celebrities, including Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Who donated almost $25,000 to grizzly people. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and there were others like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And some big companies like Minolka. Patagonia and Konica, who also donated to them, but this celebrity status, as I just said, wasn't all positive. Even though he got lots of media attention, because he was dismissed and actively spoken against by specialists, and received a lot of concern about his safety. Yeah. In 2001, he got invited on the David Letterman show. Um, and he showed pictures and film of Timmy's work where he was dangerously close to the bears. Yeah. And at one point, David Letterman, like, broke away from the kind of general humour of the show yeah. to ask the kind of depressingly prophetic question, one day, are we going to read that one of these bears has killed and ate you? Uh, but this didn't really faze him, though, because no. he just replied, like, I think quite nihilistically, uh, this is dangerous work and just, like, shrugged it off. Yeah, sort of just, like, loving the attention. Yeah. He never, like, shied away from honesty about the danger, but, yeah, he just kind of brushed that off at the same time. Um, his popularity, or controversy, grew so much with the exposure of these talk shows, and he also wrote, uh, with the help of his, at the time, girlfriend, Jewel Palavac, the book I mentioned, Among Grizzlies, living with wild bears in Alaska. Um... And he became, like, a wildlife celebrity. Yeah. And also posthumously starred in Grizzly Man by Werner Herzog. There we go. There we go. Werner Herzog. And a Discovery Channel series called Grizzly Diaries, which used, like, his footage. That came out in 2008. Um, And I'm nearly at the end, guys, of (laughs) setting all of this up. (laughs) Um, He continued to flout park rules and behave, like, really unwisely. In footage, he, like, openly states that he's ignoring the park rule of needing to move camp at least a mile every week. That's not good. No. But everyone who brought up, like, concern about him approaching the bears, he'd just, like, he'd reassure them and be like, okay, I will stop, I'll do this, I'll do that. Um, But he never did. He never followed through with any of those promises. Deb Liggett in Catmice threatened him with expulsion from the park on several occasions. Um, and told Timmy to get involved with bear experts like Chuck Bartlebaugh okay. from the Center for Wildlife Information so that he could actually be like involved in messages revolving around bear safety. Yeah. And Roland Dixon, that benefactor I mentioned before, yeah. he was also invested in improving his uh, Timmy's image because he wanted him to be seen as like a legitimate scientific voice. Yeah um and to avoid expulsion because that was like the only threat that ever seemed to impact yeah which you can understand yeah it's just like you're not going to listen to anything else apart from not being able to do this yeah he did agree to comply or rather the planned overhaul of his image was one that he appeared to go along with um he promised to cease his conflicting unsafe messages literature on like bear safety was created by Chuck, ready to be released with pictures from Timothy's trips to Alaska. But Timmy then just never got back in touch to oh, finish that wow. off. He just kind of ghosted him. Um but yeah. then there was no follow through with banning him. No, and that's the thing that has been brought up by people as well is like where yeah. did where was the park stepping in to yeah. actually stop what he was doing? Yeah. It, they knew about it, it and they'd tell him off. And if they're threatening that, they need to follow through. Exactly, yeah. Now, it doesn't have to be a permanent ban, does it? Like, give him a temporary ban to get the message across. Yeah. And if he's still not listening. Exactly, yes. It's sort of, they did enable him. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, before long, every time Deb told Timothy that he needed to change, she was treated to videos and images or sightings of him utterly disregarding those demands. Uh Oh, um, following on from the bear safety campaign that Chuck tried to work with Timothy on, he was, like, left with the feeling of coming, like, within inches of reaching him and changing the trajectory of his yeah. life, but that he missed the chance, and that's something he regretted when news of Timmy's death reached his ears. Um, and, like, yeah, since the death of Timmy and Amy, his girlfriend and the two bears, Chuck, yeah. like, blames himself for their that's deaths so in hard, part. because yeah you think you can't change someone's no. mind if they don't want it to be exactly Cause he kept it sounds like he kept thinking like oh but if I'd just done this or pushed yeah. him more but I don't think that no. would have made a difference but yeah I think this is where we might need to leave it for this episode <laughs> yeah because there's still so much of Timmy's story left to tell along with his girlfriend Amy Huguenard, who unfortunately does receive very little acknowledgement in general um And yeah, I could go on for hours. But I think I find the story fascinating. It really, yeah, touches my heart. Because I don't think he was intending to cause harm. I think he was a really soft-hearted, vulnerable person who wanted the world to be a better place and found a simpler life out in Alaska. But he was really foolish and naive within that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he realised that what he was doing was harming the bears. And I think I can really empathise, yeah, like I've said, with the life he wanted and sort of envy that conviction and craziness kind of combined that allowed him to go out and pursue what genuinely spoke to him. But unfortunately, oh no, I've realised I made a pun by accident. (laughs) I said, unfortunately, it does all come to a horrifying and grisly end. That was a total mis... That was an accident, guys. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Pun not intended there. But, yeah, it does come to a really sad end for Timmy, his girlfriend, Amy, and two beautiful bears that I think Timmy would have never forgiven himself for if he knew that he would cause those bears to be killed. But, yeah, we'll jump into exploring the circumstances around Timmy and Amy's actual deaths and the aftermath. Next time. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, So it's really interesting to hear it in more detail than just sort of as you say. Crazy the urban bear guy myth yeah. that has survived past him. Yeah, crazy hippie goes out into the like Alaskan wilderness and gets eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's... is what a lot of people yeah. view it as. Oh, but yeah. So I hope you guys have like kept up. I know that was a long episode. I hope you've not fallen asleep. And I hope that you're finding it as interesting as me. I know it's not our typical murder but no I think it's fascinating yeah and I, yeah I suppose you can't technically call it true crime maybe but it's definitely in the realm of what we yeah it's something still kind of a bit morbid a bit macabre yeah. and a bit yeah sort of, yeah so there we go cool we'll uh and, yeah, now I'm going to have to wait, like, a couple of weeks before I get to hear you will. the conclusion of it. You definitely will, because I've not written it yet. Exactly. <laughs> it took me so long just writing this. <laughs> uh, oh, it's know. been, like, weeks of me researching and reading the books and just being like, how am I going to put all this together? <laughs> like... Oh, dear. Cool, yeah, so you will hear that after my first... Martial arts tournament is done. Maybe yeah. just before the second one, depending on how much time we've got. Yeah, exactly, with everything else. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, bear with us. Yeah, bear mm. with us, guys. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, you've been listening to the, the Weird, Weird sisters. <laughs> sisters. Thanks for giving us a listen. Um, hopefully, you're enjoying it, and will give us a like, a share, and yeah, yeah, a review. Tell your friends, tell please, your... please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything to help us out. Um, and if you do want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at the Weird Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. That is weird with a Y, as we have said before. W Y R D. Why, you ask? We don't know. <laughs> you should, because you are an English <laughs> master. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can also get us at Facebook, which is at the weird sisters podcast again (laughs) wyrd and instagram as well which is surprisingly the weird sisters podcast wyrd also (laughs) (laughs) and yeah we would love to hear from you any sort of suggestions comments just want to chat we're here for you awesome hope to hear from you soon guys yeah Bye.